The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude. This is your tech news briefing for Monday, February 6th. I'm Zoe Thomas for The Wall Street Journal. Our health is often one of the most important things to us. Technology can help improve it, including advances in artificial intelligence. And in some areas of healthcare, it's already being used. But are there drawbacks to entrusting something so important to us to this nascent tech? On today's show, we've got highlights from a WSJ live Q&A on healthcare and AI. That's after these headlines. Activision Blizzard has agreed to pay $35 million to settle regulatory claims against it. The Securities and Exchange Commission has been investigating whether the video game publisher should have disclosed employee complaints about workplace misconduct to investors. According to previous reporting from the journal, female employees at Activision complained for years about alleged sexual assaults and mistreatment, and the SEC's probe examined what the company's management knew and how it addressed the alleged incidents. The SEC was also looking at allegations Activision violated a whistleblower protection rule. The company settled the probe without admitting or denying the SEC's allegations. A jury in San Francisco has sided with Elon Musk in a trial over whether his tweets harmed investors. Deliberations on Friday took just two and a half hours. The jury found investors in the class action suit had failed to prove their claims against Musk or Tesla. They alleged tweets from the billionaire in 2018 claiming he planned to take the electric car company private had caused volatility in the stock that cost them money. After the verdict, Musk tweeted he was, quote, deeply appreciative of the decision. An attorney for the investors said he was disappointed and is considering next steps. And we report exclusively that the Federal Trade Commission is preparing a potential antitrust lawsuit against Amazon in the coming months. That's according to people familiar with the matter, some of whom say the timing is in flux. In recent years, the FTC has been examining different practices at Amazon, some of the people said, including whether it favors its own products over competitors on its platform, how it treats outside sellers that list on its website, and the bundling practices of its prime subscription service. Exactly which aspects of the business the FTC would target in a potential lawsuit are unclear. The regulator could opt not to proceed. It doesn't always bring cases even when it's making preparations to do so. Amazon declined to comment. This is just the latest case to be brought by the FTC against a big tech company. And for the regulator's chair, Lena Khan, it could be a big moment, as our reporter Dana Mattioli explains. If this comes forward, this would be a landmark antitrust lawsuit, especially for Lena Khan. So uh, in 2017, she rose to stardom, really, as a Yale law student with a 90-something page law review article arguing that the antitrust laws were failing Americans because it was allowing the proliferation of Amazon. And she argued that it was competing anti-competitively and really was unthwarted because of the way that current antitrust laws are written. So this would be a full circle moment for her. 
All right, coming up, AI isn't just changing what we do online. It could also affect our healthcare. We'll hear how and what the potential ramifications are after the break. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. As artificial intelligence technologies become a bigger part of our everyday lives, a lot of people are asking, how much can we trust it? That question is one that WSJ reporter Eric Neeler and researcher and inventor Rama Chalapa try to answer in their book titled, appropriately enough, Can We Trust AI? In a recent live Q&A, Eric and Rama looked at one particular area where trust in AI plays a big role, healthcare. They spoke with WSJ Live Journalism News Editor Sarah Castellanos about it. Here are highlights from their conversation. So welcome to both of you. It's so great to have you here. AI is being experimented with across so many sectors to varying degrees of success. What are some of the most cutting-edge uses of AI in healthcare specifically today? Eric, do you want to start? Sure. AI really feeds on large amounts of data. And healthcare and medicine generate a lot of data in the sense of screens of the body, tumor biopsies, photographs of skin lesions, vital signs, a real endless list of information that is collected about a patient's health. So people who are able to combine AI and, and medicine are right on this cutting edge of being able to take a computer algorithm with a large amount of data to look for patterns that otherwise just would be impossible or just take too long to figure out. So that's what we're looking at right now. And it really cuts across a lot of fields in medicine. So tell us a bit about the sort of the AI and COVID example here. I mean, Eric, it seems potentially AI was used, but potentially not to great lengths or to great effects. Right. Right. And so what, what was happening is at the time, doctors and computer scientists and data engineers were working together. Is there a way to predict hospitalization for COVID when a patient comes in? If they show these sorts of vital signs, these sorts of symptoms, can we say that this person either has COVID, how long it's going to take for them to recover, what kind of hospitalization rates should we prepare for a big surge of patients? And so there was a lot of attempts to, to do this. And some of the later review studies that six months or a year later look back on that initial uh, 2020 surge found out that it really didn't do so well. There was a problem with people coming in with what's called comorbidities or different sort of symptoms and health effects maybe that had led to a COVID infection that kind of threw things off. There were also different hospitals having different sorts of patient populations, large urban medical centers, rural clinics, suburban dock-in-the-box. All these different places were getting COVID patients. And so trying to pull all this data together 
And to have a big enough data set to train the algorithm, it was really difficult. And it was a very fast-moving epidemic as well, a fast-moving virus and evolving virus. So I think folks have learned a lot from that. And I think we'll see what happens in the future and how they are able to take these algorithms for planning purposes, but, but maybe not for fast diagnosis. What do you see are the potential challenges or even ethical challenges here about GPT being potentially used in healthcare one day? Sure. I mean, aside from the issue of plagiarism (laughs) in a medical license exam, there is an issue of accuracy. I think there's a lot of discussion and a lot of interest in commercial chatbots, for example. Telehealth really gained a foothold during the pandemic. And that seems to be a place where The creators believe that this is going and also money will be flowing. There will be products coming out. The thing is, we want guardrails and and we don't quite have them yet. Right. I think we need trustworthy chat GPT. That's Mm -hmm. trustworthy AI is the, uh, you know, so what we are looking at because misinformation can arise or, you know, incorrect information. So we need to constantly watch it and make sure it doesn't do any harm. I think uh, in terms of the bias, we have to be careful. Certain communities being left out, certain patient populations, minority populations that either lack access to healthcare or somehow have a history of discrimination for one reason or another, and that may not be included in medical studies. We have one question about what are some other limits that exist for AI? Well, I like to say AI doesn't like surprises, especially the way it is designed now using data. So it can only handle what has been seen, but there is a way out of that. We are now using more and more synthetic data. So what is possible? And so that AI can be prepared or trained to handle things that have not happened, but could. For example, sensors can only capture what has happened, but imagination, right? It is much more varied and so forth. So I think introducing more and more synthetic environments and so forth for training AI systems would be a good thing to do. The other limit is autonomy. Creativity is one side. Autonomy is another side where there are fears of autonomy, of something called general AI. And right now, AI really just exists in the data set where it lives or in the algorithm it lives. It's not going to jump from one data set to another or you know, infiltrate one set of computers to another. It's It's not really going to happen right now. Well, we'll see what the future holds, but autonomy is one thing that people are really concerned about. And it it just is not part of the discussion right now. We have a question about whether you can speak to any specific hospital systems or healthcare companies, or even private practices who are leading the pack in terms of implementing AI effectively and ethically. I think there are many examples right now. So there are small companies, for example, in the uh, initiative we have from National Institute of Aging, we are identified about eight companies from our first year grant to promote AI research and then move products from labs to hospitals. But with AI and medicine, it's going to be slow. You know, we need to go through and make sure it, it works and everything, right? So it's going to take time. But I think as we see more and more FDA approvals and so forth, you will see it's integrated. It's not like you're going to have AI is working here in in a hospital. Sometimes it may just be in the background with a better way of triaging people who come into um, uh, emergency and so forth. 
We have time for one more audience question here. Are there cybersecurity or data security concerns around using AI tools in hospitals? I think there's been some concerns in recent years about internet-connected devices, heart monitors, health monitors, patient monitors, sensors that have an internet connection and that can be hacked. You're probably going to see similar things as AI sort of, like Rama says, you know, becomes part of the background. Anytime that you have large amounts of data that can be accessed, the threats are there and, and you just need to have the same security precautions that we have had as we've gone to digital health in the past 15, 20 years. Thank you both again. Really great conversation. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to be here. Thank you. And that's it for today's tech news briefing. If you want more tech stories, check out our website, wsj.com. And if you like our show, please rate and review it. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Zoe Thomas for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective, Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.